the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Another night full of heartache They just don't want let us be Nothing left except outcast love But that's enough for me That's enough for me And I won't let them keep us apart Cause love can't be bound by chains They might come for us in the dark but it's enough to stay. It's enough. Welcome to the Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 53, and our guest is Ben Nichols. Ben is best known as the lead singer and principal songwriter of the band Lucero. Y'all, when the Marinade was first conceived, Ben was on the short list of dream guests. I got into Lucero's music uh, in the early 2000s through this just impossibly cool crush that I had at the time, um, an amazing woman who turned me on to this music, and um, I've been listening for almost 20 years now. This, so this episode was such a thrill, and I think you can hear it in my voice uh, during the conversation. We caught up with Ben ahead of Lucero's recent show at The Social in Orlando. You can find all things Lucero at luceromusic.com. Everyone, my conversation with Ben Nichols. So one more night here without you And then to you I will come back They ain't ever taken me away again I've had enough of that I've had enough of that I can tell that I love you I can prove my heart is true might not be good enough for them, but I just want to be good enough for you. Just want to be good enough for you. Just want to be good enough for you. Dude, this is such an honor. I So, 2006, <clears throat> first Lucero show for me. All right. Uh, Tallahassee. I can't remember the name of that little club. Yeah, I don't know. Uh... Dragged the river opened. All right, yeah. Yeah, we played a couple of places down there, but there was one there was one place and it changed names over yep. the years. I think um, it was called like the moon at some point or something. Or? Maybe. Could be. I don't remember. I really don't <laughs> 2006 remember. 2006 is so long ago I now. Know. It doesn't well, sound like it should be that long ago, but it is. It's crazy, too, because by that point, y'all had already been doing it for a while. You know? Uh, for, yeah, yeah, seven years, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. That's, uh, 
it's crazy kind of i don't know it's funny some of these bars um we're still playing to this day like the social here in orlando right we've we've been playing here since before 06 probably maybe around the same time well that's what i was thinking is i've seen you here several times i did a little oh, yeah. list of like places i've seen lucero and it was so much fun to go down that memory <laughs> lane because it was like Good. a tiny club in tallahassee uh i saw you guys on the on a cruise that began in the east river in new york yeah and went down by yeah. the, under the brooklyn bridge that was nice yeah. we've done a couple of those justin towns are all shows. open yeah yeah um we did one that almost turned into into Gilligan's Island up in Boston. It was just rainy and stormy and cold, and they had to shove us below deck. And it was it was the worst. Everybody everybody that was there remembers it as like that was a horrible show. <laughs> 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 but um, but yeah, but that boat ride you were on was real nice. It was so much fun. Um, but you guys have been doing it a long time, and that's one of the things I'm super curious about is the idea that like you've been doing it for so long. You've had the same core band. I yeah. mean, you've added same four guys, and yeah. now we've got Rick on keys. Right. Mm-hmm. What relation? What what lessons have you learned about relationships in all that time? Oh man, um, I guess I don't know. Compromise is important for sure, mm-hmm. um, and just knowing. Which, you know, you pick your battles mm-hmm. and you um, you don't always have to be right. Um, and just, you know, the path of least resistance, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's now that I've got a three-year-old daughter at home, it's very similar to having toddlers. Um, it's a uh. bus full of toddlers. And so, yeah, you can't argue with them. You're not going to change a toddler's mind. Right. Um, so you just figure out the easiest way around it. And things are just kind of are going to be what they're going to be. Um, and so there's, yeah, there's no reason to blow up about anything or argue about anything, really. You just kind of work with what you've got. That's um, so interesting. So it's a pretty zen kind of just let things be as they will be. And, um, yeah, that's kind of what I found to be the the best way to approach things. So then uh, did, did being in a band for that long and traveling with those guys for so long help make you a better parent? I think so, yeah. <laughs> um, it it kind of clues you in as to what's important and what what you have to worry about and what you have to address, uh-huh. and then what you can just let slide. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I I think uh, I put off being a father for a long time. I I, mm. I didn't have a kid till I was forty two. Right. Um, I've got some older stepdaughters, but Izzy, uh, my little girl, uh, yeah, I was. I'm an old dad. Um, so I, th- I, I always thought I'd be a pretty good father and it was something I always wanted to do. But, um, but yeah, apparently I had 20 years of training in the band before I actually, had a, <laughs> before I actually had a kid. So how did the, 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 that process of, I mean, having a kid of your own, mm-hmm. how has that impacted your creative process? It's clearly coming through in your writing. Yeah. Uh, you know. just because, it's funny now she's there um usually up until now i was always alone when i was writing and um Mm. and with among the ghost uh it was just me and her at the house and so she was always a presence yeah physically as well as you know on my mind yeah um and so i don't know it's the same process um but it's just um yeah there's another little person there with you um and so it can be a little more distracting, of course, but uh, but overall it was uh, yeah it was the same 
work process. I'd always, you know, I'd find a, basically start with a guitar part or a little keyboard part or something uh, that you like and find a vocal melody to go over it. Um, and then you spend months and months trying to find words that fit mm. that vocal melody. Um, and so, so yeah, she got used to me just kind of aimlessly wandering around the house playing guitar, singing this melody over and over again, trying to figure out what words I was going to fit into it. Um, and she'd let me do that for a little bit until it was time to play or, yeah. you know, do something fun for her. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, she kind of can't help working herself into the lyrics because she's always there. Do you think that her w- wanting to play, because, I mean, the the thing that I love about it, about Among the Ghosts, is that you've managed to maintain that same, that whatever that thing is that makes Lucero so so singular right, right? you right. manage to maintain that apparently among the ghosts has a little more of that whatever that is right than the last few records um and i i understand what folks are referring to there i like you said it's hard to pin down exactly right. what that sound is but there is something on among the ghosts that kind of harkens back to um some of the older older sounds but lyrically i would say no lyrically um it's a definitely centered around the family yeah. And having folks back home, uh, having folks back home, uh, yeah. having folks to go back home to. Um, and I remember doing interviews when the record came out and saying that I kind of realized for the first time I've got something to lose. Mm. Um, whereas before it didn't matter if I ever went home, really. Right. But now it does. It matters a whole lot. And that weighs on my mind quite a bit. And that definitely seeped into uh, the lyrics on Among the Ghost. So... There's still a certain angst and a certain tension, and uh, I don't know. Not a. I don't think it's a depressing record, but no, um, I don't either. But there is a certain melancholy to it, just mm. because you're separated from your loved ones. Yeah. Um, which that melancholy existed in the past, but uh, it was for more selfish reasons, I think. Yeah. Um, and now it's actually uh, a melancholy about something actually important. Which yeah. is the family. So yeah. That's beautiful. So beautiful. So the, how do you navigate that on a so creatively it comes out in the lyrics, but how do you navigate that feeling of I've got something to lose at home personally? Right. Um you you try not to stay gone for quite as long. Yeah. Um you you book tours intentionally that are you try to keep it to two or three weeks instead of four or five, six weeks. Yeah. Um and so yeah, you just make more time. You have to be more conscious about uh, how you spend your time. Mm. Um, and yeah, you've got to you've got to do the work, and you've still got to pay the bills. Um, and you've got you know four or five other guys. You you got to make sure they can pay their bills. Right. Um, so it's uh. But at the same time, you want to be home as much as possible. Yeah. Um. So it's a it's a balancing act. Um. But it's not impossible. Um. And I don't know. We're not at the stage or the place where we can bring our families on tour. It's just it's logistically not feasible. Right. Um, I know some folks do it. I know Jason Isbell does. He brings uh, his daughter out with him a lot. Um, yeah. And the Shovels and Rope kids, they, yeah. they've got two or three kids on their buses. I'm not sure right. how many kids they've got now. Yeah, yeah. They're, They're just, just a traveling, you know, musical family, yeah. which is awesome. Right. But with my wife working and our life at home, it's just not... I don't have that luxury, so I just have to make sure I get back uh, 
as quickly as I can. I haven't, I wasn't even looking at that specifically, but that's got, does that impact the number of dates that you think about scheduling? It does for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and more so now than in the past, um, in the past, in the old days we were doing over 200 days a year, um, mm. and just always gone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, cause I didn't have anything to go back home to. And it was tougher on some of the guys. Brian had a, Brian's got a 10 year old at home. Oh wow. Um, so he was experiencing this, you know, before any of us, he was the first one to have a kid Yeah. and have to leave a kid at home. Um, and yeah, and those were some of the busiest years of our career. And so, mm. yeah, I was, it was a, it was a strain and I don't think I really realized at the time, uh, how much of a strain I was putting on him just because we were continuing to work and he had a baby and yeah, that was, that was tough on him. So was um, there, that's something to unpack there too. Like, was there a, was there a moment where you guys realized, I just think it's amazing you've been doing it this long. <laughs> yeah, we're, we just don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to get real jobs <laughs> and we've just avoided it for 20 years. Um, and so we've still got, we've still got a few more. We're going to have to squeeze, you know, 10 or 15 more years out of this for sure. Right. Maybe another 20. Um, so yeah, that's why we're, we love what we do, but right. mainly we don't want to get real jobs. Right. But was there a moment where you were like, okay, we don't have to get real jobs. This is going to work and you can have a kid and you know, right. Uh, yeah, kind of, uh, more recently, um, oh, wow. like when the band started, I think we kind of all, even if it wasn't a conscious decision, we kind of all were in the frame of mind that this was going to be what we do. Um, mm -hmm. And we could, at the time, we were all living together and our rent was 600 bucks. So Jesus. yeah, it was super cheap. Yeah. And we just, we got a van and you just go on the road and that's just what you do. And right. um, yeah, then you get older and you're, yeah, and priorities change. Um, and luckily, we'd, you know, our, we'd, we'd grown our audience a little bit more over the years, and monetarily, we were at a place where, oh, we can't afford to, you know, I can get a home loan, I can actually mm -hmm. be an adult. And right. Can, um, yeah, and if you find the right lady, maybe actually have a family. Right. Um, and yeah, but that wasn't, it wasn't, I don't think I could have done that when I was 28, like when the band had just started and been yeah. um, only around its first few years. That wasn't an option. And it wasn't having a family back home isn't something I wanted to do. I wanted to travel the world and um, have fun and be in a rock and roll band. Yeah. Get in the van and go have adventures. Right. Um, and I got to do that. And I got, and we're very lucky that we're still doing that. Sure. But, um, but yeah, I got, I'm lucky as well that I have a family now at home. And so it's a nice, uh, like I said, if you can make the balance work, um, it's kind of nice living in both of those worlds simultaneously. How did you know you were ready for that? Um, I had maybe kind of like a little midlife crisis um, <laughs> right around the age of 40. Uh, um, and you're like, huh, and you have to step back and decide if you're going to live your life the way you've been living it for the last 15 years yeah. or if you want to do something um, where you can put down some roots and maybe you know maybe actually have something to show uh, 20 years down the line uh, instead of just being a you know a 60 year old who's pretending to be 25 right maybe you can actually be a 60 year old that's a, 
a 60 year old and comfortable with themselves and their life and their place in the world. Right. That's kind of what I chose to do at 40. That's so interesting. I I think I just turned 39 about two months ago. And I don't think I had a a birthday that kind of hit me until 39. Oh yeah. And then I kind of, there was something about it. Right. It seemed, uh, I'm, I'm, I think I was kind of the same. Yeah. Nothing, the thirties didn't bother me at all. Right. And I was living like I was a 22 year old. Thirties is badass Cause you kind of have your shit sort of figured out and you yeah. got a little bit of coin in your pocket by then, even exactly. if you're not making good money and yeah. But so then, yeah, it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, and then at 40, yeah, it's one of those kind of milestone, uh, birthdays where, you know, in the old days or a lot of times people, when they turn 40, yeah, you, that's when you get the over-the-hill balloons and your kids all make fun of you. Right. Um, and and I was like, ah, I don't have anybody to make fun of me or call me over the hill. I'd, yeah. I don't have anybody. Um, and so that's, I don't know. That I, I, I definitely made a, a conscious decision to um, stop being a jackass and, and kind of say Wow. Yeah. What kind of do you mind opening up about what kind of steps you took to stop as you in your words stop being, being a jackass? jackass? <laughs> yeah. How does one stop being um, a jackass? Uh for me it was um kind of realizing that uh this very important person in my life was worth committing to. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, all the freedom that I had enjoyed over you know, the existence of the band, um, was great and fun, but it was worth giving up some of that freedom to make something meaningful. Uh, and, and yeah, and I'm really lucky that she was still there and kind of gave me a second chance actually. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, so I didn't want to pass that up. And so that was, once I realized what I was going to miss out on, then it made it easy to stop being a jackass. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible, man. You're fortunate you had that second chance. I'm very too. fortunate, yes. And I love my wife very much because of it. You know? Yeah. Um, when we were talking process earlier, you were saying how you, know, you were at home. Is that mm-hmm. is home where you have to write, or does it come in other places? Um, it's funny now because I split my time between uh, Ohio and Tennessee. And uh, I, the band's all in Tennessee. Uh, but my wife and kids are up in Ohio. Interesting. And I go back and forth. Um, and so usually, yeah, if the band's not on the road, I'm at home with the wife and kids. And my wife goes to work. Uh, and I usually stay home with Izzy. Although now she's starting to go to school some. She, she goes to school a few days a week. And then I've got the house to myself. And I can, I can you know, go down in the basement and actually really focus mm. on writing. Mm-hmm. So that's where a lot of the kind of original ideas uh, I don't know, get formed is up in Ohio now. Wow. Um, and then I'll come back to Memphis. Um, and we've got a rehearsal space there, uh, which is actually really close to Sam Phillips studio, which is, a, is where cool. we did among the ghosts and we'll probably do the next record as well. Um, but then I'll, the plan is for this next record to come back to Memphis, uh, maybe just for a week and just have kind of an intense, uh, pre-production session where I teach the guys all these songs that I've been working on and we see what sticks and what doesn't work and we try to actually kind of get a handle on the songs um and then we've got some more touring to do and I'll go back home to Ohio for a little bit and then hopefully in May 
I'll come back to Memphis and uh, we'll spend two solid weeks in the studio. And that's when that's when a lot of the lyrics will get written. I always wait till the very last minute, unfortunately. No shit. Yeah. Um, you motherfucker. When I'm under the gun is when I have to. You write those lyrics under the gun? I, I don't. I, they don't. Asshole. They don't come to me otherwise. <laughs> uh, you'll have you know a phrase or a word, yeah. and you have to write it down or put it, type it in your phone or something. Yeah. And so then you've got a list of words that you think have promise. Uh-huh. But then actually making something out of those words is the tricky part. Like individual words or phrases? Phrases, or, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, whatever it is. Uh, you know, whether it's like nights like these or, mm-hmm. or I don't know. I found actually the other day in my phone, I was going back and looking through old notes. Um, and I found the note that I'd written where I'd typed, uh, stop living among the, and then I had a question mark there. And like I, I was like, if, if, something about shadows, and if I can get out of the whatever, and I won't, I'll no longer walk among the. And I had a yeah, I had a question mark. I was like, oh, look at that. That's dope. That's like totally pre among the ghosts, and that was just finding that word ghosts. It was literally like our last, second to last day in the studio, when I was like, ah, ghosts, and that then it brought it all together. I'm like, and that's the title of the record. I'm like, wow. It it was a little harrowing that it took. Right up until the very end to figure that out. Do you have any idea where ghosts came from? Not exactly. I I knew I wanted the record to have kind of a, I don't know, a kind of serious quality to it. Kind of, I don't know. I wanted it to be a little more literary in style. Sure. Maybe with, you know, not biblical references really because I don't, I'm not very familiar with the Bible. Mm. But... I don't know. I wanted it to have a certain kind of weight to it. And so, yeah, I think I was, you know, in the valley of the shadow of death kind of frame of mind when I was trying to find something to uh, to put in these songs that had that kind of weight. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably, yeah, I don't know if it was the Holy Ghost or I'm not exactly sure what sparked that, but uh, it was some kind of, I wanted to find something kind of serious to put in there. And yeah. Whether you believe in ghosts or not, I guess that was, <laughs> I figured it would work. I increasingly am. <laughs> it's tricky. I'm, I, I'm always on the fence. Yeah. Uh, it depends on what day you catch me. Yeah. And how much travel channel I've been watching. Or, or how many ghosts you've run into. <laughs> I've never really run into one. So oh, really? I, don't, I really don't think I have. My uh, wife has a great story about her and her sister. When they were little, they lived on a farm up in Rural Ohio, uh-huh. um, and the, the the old farmhouse had been there since the 1800s, and uh, but her sister could conjure a shadow on the wall, and it's the shape of a man wearing a hat, and he had an axe, mm-hmm. but she could tell him to go away, and he would go away, Jeez. and my wife swears by it. I'm like, yeah. really? She's like, yeah, she could make him. He would show up, and then she could tell him to go away, and I'm like, I don't, and I believe my wife, obviously, yeah, but I don't know if I. I don't know if I believe in ghosts, though, still. I don't know. I haven't seen anything like that, but right. my partner, Chris, and I don't think I've ever talked about this on the show. Oh, no? Uh, what you got? Um, we, and we're convinced it's our do- it's our dog. Really? Yeah. Because um, it's kind of playful, what'll happen. Right. And we haven't seen as much of it lately. Huh. But, um, but I also think we haven't seen as much of it since the other dog passed away. Interesting. And but but before shit would just end up some other place, right? And in silly places, 
and it's like neither one of us did it right right nobody else was in our house it's just the two of us there um or like there would be a like sometimes i will feel on the bed i can't believe i'm saying this <laughs> i will feel on the bed we have a puppy but the puppy if the puppy's not there in the bed with me right. i will feel a dog um man yeah that's crazy that I, but i i i want to believe in stuff like that yeah but then if you believe in stuff like that then you've then you've got to believe in all this other stuff too, possibly. Right. Like God or yep. Christian faith, maybe, or whatever kind of religious faith. Right. I don't know. I'm not sure Christianity go- is very consistent with ghosts, but. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but spirituality for sure, but spir- right? But, but yeah, some higher power. Exactly. Some kind of, I don't know. I like. I basically just watch ghost shows on travel channel maybe so where do you land <laughs> so you don't you don't know, i can't I i'm uh, yeah. i'm up in the air like one day i'm like oh god yeah for sure it yeah de- there's definitely something out there and then other days i'm like no that's that's ridiculous it's 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 gonna be much more that's too easy of an answer i think right like as far as eternal life goes like yes the stuff we're made of is doesn't go anywhere right it, it's gonna exist and there might even be some kind of weird spiritual thing wh- where you become part of a bigger spirit who knows right uh, but that seems much more likely than a you know uh, a place in the clouds sure. where you see all your relatives again right um, that doesn't seem as that's too convenient that's, it is that's very that's too close to what we actually want so it, that obviously can't be the right answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes and no I mean I don't I, I definitely don't think that's it but I say definitely I don't fucking and know no, there's no way to use yeah. the word definitely yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't I'm, I don't have the answers. Um, yeah. But I don't know. To kind of bring it back around, um, and obviously, the, among the ghost record isn't a philosophical record in any way, or you know, uh, I'm not doing any kind of you know, uh, spiritual uh, questioning or journey of any kind on the record, but. Uh, but the songs do, at least for me on a personal level, they, I don't know, it's kind of as close to religion as I'm going to ever mm, really get. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my, that's my going to church. Right. Um, that's beautiful. And so, I don't know. So yeah, there's some ghosts in there for well, sure. Well, cause you can believe <laughs> in love, dude. You I know? do. I genu- <laughs> genuinely do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And especially now, like, uh, right. what I've got with my wife and my daughter. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different than anything I've ever had before. So, right. Um, so yeah, it's, I don't know. It's a nice place to, it's a nice place to be right now. That's beautiful. Ben is the, the new, the new record you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. How far along are some of those songs? I've got, I've got like 12, 14 pieces of music. Um, but only one that has finished lyrics Mm -hmm. and maybe two or three others that are pretty close, but Mm -hmm. I've got a lot of lyrics to write. I got a lot to do, but I've got some ideas and, I don't know. That's another thing. I just gotta have faith that uh, <laughs> that the words will come when I need them. Yeah. Yeah. Because we've got you know the studio times booked. Oh wow. And when the studio time's done, you better have the words finished because it's got to get to the mastering plant so that they can get the records pressed before you go on tour in the fall. And so there's definitely a deadline. And so this is coming up soon. Yeah, we're hoping to have a new record in this year later. Wow. In, uh, the fall. Hopefully. That's really exciting, man. Yeah. So. So we'll see if if something something could go terribly wrong and then yeah and then you push it back to next 
spring maybe of 2021 yeah but uh but hopefully fall of 2020 we can have a new record that's really cool man i'm so excited to hear uh, thank that you. yeah um the there's so there you have other creative pursuits so kind of nothing nothing that consumes me like uh the band um but i like i've always wanted to draw a graphic novel and i got a new ipad with the apple pen oh word. And it's awesome yeah and i love bringing it because i can bring it you know on the bus or wherever I, to the airport yeah um so that's another thing i just it's kind of like the lyrics i just have to figure out what story i want to tell um and then i think i can make a whole graphic novel on that ipad in that's there. amazing so that's going to be my next kind of side project hopefully do you have anybody like a, a mentor in that way with graphic novel no uh i would love there's a kid a kid there's a guy from uh, my hometown of little rock arkansas named nate powell uh-huh um and I was always drawing comics in the old days, and he was always drawing comics. He was in a band called Sufi Nun Squad way back in the early 90s, mm-hmm. Little Rock days. Okay. Um, now, he's a, now he's a professional graphic novelist, um, and uh. he's done a lot of his own books. But the thing I think he's most fami- famous for is uh, a series of books called March. Um, oh, the John the Lewis biography. one? Yeah. Shut up. He drew all those. Oh, he's fucking the artist love those books. That. So that's Nate Powell, and he's from my hometown, and I've known him forever. And so I look up to him quite a bit. Yeah. Um, oh, those man, are I wish I could get him to... Maybe I can just go to Indiana and track him down and hang out with him for a couple of weeks. And oh my god, I would love for him to be my mentor. Take me with you, and that then would be I'll cool, document huh? the whole thing. It would be really cool. Oh, maybe I could go for. A, I bet he'd let me visit for a weekend. So yeah, that's uh, maybe we'll put that on the list of things to do. That's a great idea, man. I just think you know when you got an idea like that, that you have, you know, you clearly have a way with words, and if you're messing around with the drawing, you just need somebody. It it's always fun. good to have somebody, you know. Yeah, and it would be yeah. He could, he could. I'm. I could learn a whole lot from him. I know, but uh, so we'll see. Um, that's something I've always wanted to do, and I was drawing a lot more before the band started, mm. and I was kind of. I have a feeling if the band wouldn't have taken off, I would have gotten more serious about the the graphic novels and the art. Yeah. Um, but the band became the driving force kind of in my life. So. Right. But it would be nice to go back and, and finally do one of those. I talk about that a lot too. That creative capital, like mm-hmm. if you're writing songs or if you're on if you're making music, it's really difficult to find the time to also chase those other. things. It is, and then have family life right. and yeah, it's. It's, it's not a be a jackass <laughs> and not be a jackass all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. it can be tricky. Yeah. <laughs> what about um, any acting uh, lately? No, and that's just that. Uh, it's real that I just do uh, if somebody insists, and oh, I kind of begrudgingly. Acting's not something I ever want to pursue. Okay. Um, but it's really fun talking to my little brother Jeff, yeah. who's the filmmaker. Right. Um. And he's got a lot of irons in the fire right now. He's got some cool projects coming up. Awesome. And, uh, so he'll call and we'll talk for, you know, hours about his ideas and actors and stories. And that's always uh, reinvigorating. And then mm. I want to go, yeah, sit down and write songs or draw a story. Or, um, so having him, again, not a mentor, but having somebody who's doing creative stuff, um, yeah, having those kind of people in your life helps for sure. So, Definitely. Yeah. I feel like if I remember this story correctly, um, it was Gasparilla Music Festival a couple years ago and y'all played. All and right. um, you played Loving. I think you yeah. had written it like the day before or two Maybe days so. before or yeah. something. Maybe so. I wrote that one real quick. Uh, I remember we'd gotten home from England 
and I was on a weird schedule and I just that song I wrote it in a, you know a hour or two wow and then drove around in the car listening to the little demo of it and wow like, ah, this is good this yeah is good. and that rarely happens usually it's a struggle that takes months and months but that one I got lucky with and it just kind of wrote itself it was good right that's awesome um Treme is probably my favorite TV ah, show ever man it was really good um yeah. different from the wire of course right but um that was a big honor to be asked to perform on that yeah. and then to actually be given lines in an actual scene <laughs> yeah, you, uh, yeah with one of the main characters yeah that was you got huge. to play the coolest you got to play you but it like, was, yeah, <laughs> like it was, a, a super cool version of you exactly <laughs> not exactly yeah it was it was pretty awesome um so that was a that was huge um and then the the guys from the walking dead using last pale light in the west that was huge that's amazing um we've had some nice mile markers along the way um yeah. I thought it was super cool. Actually, I listened to it last night um, when ASAP Rocky and Danger Mouse sampled one of our songs, Noon as Dark as Midnight. I didn't know that. The first song on, it's, this is a few records back. I think it's his second record. Um, the song is called Holy Ghost. It's okay. the first song on the record. And the main lick is Noon as Dark as Midnight. Um, the story was that Danger Mouse heard it on a, you know, playing in a restaurant somewhere. I was like, ooh, what's this? And, you know, sound hounded it or whatever yeah uh and then ended up sampling it and it's a, so lucero being part of an asap rocky song is that's huge that's wow, awesome that's amazing that's yeah. super cool so yeah these little things being on rachel maddow's uh radio show yeah. way back in i don't know the early 2000s i'm not sure when it was 2006 maybe um but she had found the song the war about my granddad uh. and wanted me to come play it on the radio and unfortunately, her radio show was from like 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Uh -huh. And we'd played the, in New York the night before. And it's about probably the worst version of the war you've anyone's ever heard. <laughs> hopefully, it's, hopefully it doesn't exist anymore. But I played it, and it was nice of her to be so gracious. But, um, yeah, we've gotten lucky. We've gotten to do some cool stuff. You know, that so many questions, of course, came up out of that. But one of the things I did want to ask you about that you just made me think of is so a lot of your songs are so – I say a lot – Many of your songs are um, either semi-autobiographical or topical in some way to your life, and then right. some of them are are character-based. Yeah. Um, are you Not a different as many, but uh, I'm trying to get better. I'd like to write more character-based okay. songs if I could. Do you um, need to be in a certain headspace for that or anything? Uh, it's tricky. I'm not really sure. I don't know how... There's some guys, like Steve Earle, there's mm -hmm. guys uh, that are really good at that. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm not sure how they do it. Um, for me, it's usually, you know, you come across a story or you come across a character, you know, from a, from whatever, a book or a TV show. Or, and you're like, huh, maybe I can uh, maybe I can write a song about somebody like that. And for me, it's more of an experiment. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. Mm. Um, well, I would say the ones that the ones you've done so far, you're doing right. Good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, the war about my granddad, it was pretty easy putting myself in his shoes mm -hmm. just because I was so familiar with his story and my family's story. Um, and, uh, but then, but yeah, going further out from the family and writing songs about people that are much more different than I am, that's tricky. I'm not sure. My brother's really good at that, mm. writing the screenplays right. and writing about people that obviously aren't him. Yeah. Um, and I've, uh, that's something I'm still working on as a songwriter. Interesting. So we'll see. 
Why do you think he's so good at it and it's something you... Man, it's... I think uh, my dad raised us on movies. We went to movies all the time. Mm. Um, and Jeff was one of those guys who knew what he wanted to do like when he was 15. He knew he was going to be a director. It's amazing. And I I didn't have that kind of... I had no idea what I was going to do. Sure. Um, but Jeff has always been very focused. And so, yeah, just from day one, uh, he was pretty good at... At, at writing other people's words yeah um although he gets i've given him a lot of the stories um like there might be a bike riders project that he might do and oh, that's no totally way. inspired by the song that i 100 percent wrote and he, mm. wouldn't, he wouldn't know anything about it if it wasn't for me that's so, so exciting that. we'll see you can't i don't hold me to anything okay but right. um just even the thought of that is yeah. really exciting to me because uh, i like his films a lot so yeah he's great yeah um man yeah and he's got a lot of, you know, shotgun stories. The first one is about brothers, basically. Yeah. And so we've always been a... It's always been nice having the brothers. And we've always been an influence on, e on each other. And, uh, yeah, I'm real proud of his, his success. That's sure. really cool, man. Well, Ben, I don't want to take too much more of your time. You've been so gracious. Man, I appreciate it. Uh, um, if I can pick your brain for just one more second, and that is got? that we usually end with um, what is inspiring you at the moment what art what are you listening uh, to maybe a graphic novel you're reading right maybe a podcast man um what have i i've been kind of all over the map um but what i seem to go back to kind of over and over again um right now it's uh this might sound silly but it's uh fairy tales and uh i don't know kind of Irish folk tales, uh -huh. uh, mythology. Uh, I've always been a sucker for all that stuff. Um, but I might tap into some of that a little bit more uh, to maybe just as inspiration for the lyrics, if not actual writing of fairy tales. But maybe, I don't know. I'm not sure if it'll work or not. It might, it might throw shot. some people off, but we'll see. Anything that gets me writing is, is worth a shot. Right. So, um, so yeah, Irish mythology and folk tales and some fairy tales and that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's been used a lot for different things. Um, but I, I, it's a pretty deep uh, source of material. I, I figured I can carve some stuff out of there. For, for sure. So, so many characters that might, that and then the archetypes show up in your own life too, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, I like, yeah, and I love those, yeah, they, they're always talking about the, uh, I don't know, the hero's journey and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how Star Wars was kind of modeled on these archetypes. Right. And, and you're like, ah, I, I want to tackle something like that. I want to use some of that for my own my own stuff. So That's we'll see. Great. We'll see. The next Lucero Records, uh, Irish space opera. It might be fairy tales. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, this is such a pleasure. Thank you Man, so much. thank you very much. I, I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Hell yeah. Dude. A love we can't afford to lose. I'll take care of you the rest of my days If that's enough for you If that's enough for you I can tell them that I love you I can prove my heart is true It might not be good enough for them But I just want to be good enough for you Ben Nichols, y'all. Thank you so much, Ben. What an incredible honor. Thank you to everyone who works with Lucero. They treated us so well, and that treatment has deepened my connection with one of my favorite bands of all time. 
luceromusic.com for all things Lucero. Also, give them a follow on, follow on social media. Give us a follow on social media at Marinade Podcast. On most platforms, um, we are especially active on Twitter and Instagram, but also on Facebook if you prefer to interact over there. And we really like getting messages and um, uh, interacting with friends and fans of the show. Every little bit helps, y'all. So um, if you can give us a follow, if you haven't already, that'd be great. Please subscribe also on your podcast app. That makes a big difference. Go to marinadepodcast.com for all things marinade, including written pieces and concert photography. I recently wrote about my experience uh, taking a train from here in Orlando, where I'm based, to Tampa for one of my favorite weekends of the year, Gasparilla Music Festival. And uh, I'd love for you all to read it. It was a wonderful weekend, and, um, and I really enjoyed writing about that experience as well. If you really like what we're doing, if you're a fan of the show who wants to dive a little bit deeper, please consider joining our Patreon community. Where for just a few bucks a month, you can get access to our Patreon-only show, Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that have shaped my creative life. Um, also, uh, an easy way to get the any new swag that we have, stickers, that kind of thing, um, uh, when we just interact deeper with the show and talk about our creative processes and um, I, it's a, it's a fun thing that we do and it makes a big difference for us. Uh, what I've been doing recently is taking whatever little funds we get from that, taking care of the overhead for the show and then putting away a little bit for festivals that we want to cover. So, um, there's a few coming up this year. Um, hopefully if once the dust settles on everything that's happening, I'm recording this at a time, um, when COVID-19, the coronavirus is, uh, really, throwing a lot of uncertainty on things and um you know my what i'm getting down on segment usually comes in this spot and uh it's interesting how difficult that has been for me the 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 consuming of art i should say um because of the the heightened anxiety that i that i'm feeling about what's going on in the world the one thing that i will say in terms of consumption of art is that my partner chris's art show was a huge success. Um, she was guest, my guest on episode 52, and her art show opened at the Hammered Lamb here in town, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful night. And um, her art's still up on the walls. She was able to sell a few pieces and um, and some some prints and other other things. Uh, really cool stuff that that you can also still find on her Etsy store, like coasters and light switch covers and. Um, Every day is just so inspiring with her, um, and so I'm, I'm really grateful that I have her in my life, and that especially right now, I do. You know, it's 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 a time that we need that kind of support, and that we need to come together in that way, um, not in public, not in large groups, but it's great to have my partner in life be such an inspiration for me. But other than that, I've had trouble focusing on things, and it's something I'm going to work on. I'm going to work on making sure that I'm doing the things that help me out, my morning pages every morning, doing yoga, meditation, so that I can really dive into some of these things that um, for for a- reasons of anxiety is the only reason I can think of that's causing this, I haven't been able to focus on. Um, Steve Silverman's Neurotribes, great book, haven't been able to focus on it. Uh, a friend gave me The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test by Tom Wolfe, fascinating book can't focus on it (laughs) there's just so many things that hopefully by the next episode um i'll be able to dive in i know what i'm getting down on and really uh really talk with some level of um 
of depth about some of these things that I feel like I'm just picking at right now, you know? All right, y'all take care of each other. Make sure that, uh, you're doing what you need to do and following all the, um, all the suggestions of public officials so that, so that we can get through this thing, get on the other side of it and continue on with our lives until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.